podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to the Nat Coombe Show, Rob O's Arizona Special. Nat hasn't made it because of his rumoured commitments to the Masked Singer. So I'm here with Talk Sport. There's a chat with Super Bowl winner Shane Vereen, Sky Sports analyst and former Bills coach Phoebe Schechter, Eagles fan and NFL commentator Ollie Wilson, the man behind the iconic helmet catch for the Giants, David Tyree. So much coming up on this podcast, but we start with a big chat with the man, the myth, the legend that is Shane Vereen. 11 receptions, 64 yards. Alongside Tom Brady, yeah. Julian Edelman, <laughs> Rob Gronkowski, and arguably the most important on the day, Malcolm Butler. Yeah. The Patriots Super Bowl winning running back, Shane Vereen, is here in Arizona with me where he lifted the Lombardi Trophy eight years ago. How <laughs> God, does it feel to be eight back year, here? Eight years ago seems a long time ago. Uh, when, when in reality, you know, in my mind, it happened just a couple years ago. Um, it, it was getting off the plane. I uh, was pretty nostalgic, I would say, when I, when I arrived a couple of days ago because, um, you know, you just, you just start getting all the memories back and, and the feelings that you had eight years ago. Um, so this is definitely always going to be a special place to me. Um, happy to be a part of it, even though I'm on this side and, and not in the game. I would always rather to be in the game than, than calling the game, but um, it's just special to be a part of. Of course, you're going to be calling the game live on TalkSport. Yeah. Coverage starts at 11 p.m. this Sunday. So we're here in Radio Row, which is essentially a convention center where radio stations from all over America, all over the world, are broadcasting here. You have the Pat McAfee show over there. You have the Around the NFL guys over there. You have yeah. the Fox Center over there. It's crazy in here today. Not only do you have the likes of yourself, Shane Vereen, Hall of Famer Tim Brown just came and chatted to us yeah. there. Christian McCaffrey, Joe Montana, I saw them having a chat. Yeah. Do you see anyone and get a little bit starstruck or because you've been on the other side of it, are you kind of like, nah, everyone's normal to me? Yeah, they're not normal, but I, I look at them as humans. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I, mean? um, I, don't, I don't really look at them as bigger than life. I, I think a lot of that is because, um, you know, I saw Tom Brady every single day for four <laughs> years. <laughs> and, so, and so, you know, when you, when you get to know people, um, you're more interested in who they are as a person. Um, for me, I'm more interested in who they are as people mm. than, than who they were as, as a former player or, or a celebrity or a TV personality. Because you said you don't really like the Super Bowl party scene. It's not my favorite. It's not my favorite. Look, there was a time where I lived for those things. Um, yeah. There was a time where I would stand in a line uh, just to get into a specific event. But I'm no longer in that space. Um, I would much rather just grab a group of boys, hit a local dive bar, and, and you know, listen to music and drink my face into the, <laughs> yeah. into the <laughs> well, I'm sure yeah I much more like the you know the low-key settings where you can chat and have a good conversation um, have a smashing good time a smashing good time <laughs> yes yes have a smashing good time <laughs> speaking of boys if you were still in that locker room with Tom Brady and he posts that photo of him in the boxes, <laughs> oh, would we would have killed him. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, we we would have we would have had a good time with that one. And uh, I saw a couple of his. I saw Julian Edelman had a, had a funny post about it as well. Um, it it's funny. And the good thing about Tom is as he's a bigger, larger than life person, um, and rightfully so. Uh, but he's still humble enough 
to uh, laugh at himself. Yeah. He's still humble enough to to take jokes and and you know um, and, and be one of, be one of the boys at the end of the day. So um, I don't I don't think I have his number now. But uh, if I did, I, I'm sure I would have sent him, sent him a little note. <laughs> oh, it was very, very funny. I saw, uh, what was it? Was it Tyreek Hill who said, Tom Brady's gone retired and turned into Antonio Brown? <laughs> 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 no, but we've seen Tom Brady's personality come out more and more, it feels like, the later years. Yeah. We would have done a retirement podcast with you this season if we hadn't already done one with you last <laughs> yeah, season. Exactly. Go check that out. Yeah. That's already in the vault on the Nat Coombs show. But going back to Arizona, it's not necessarily the best place to go out, is it? It doesn't seem like it's the liveliest of cities. You know, you got to pick your spots. You got to pick your spots. Scottsdale has a has a really good old town. Scottsdale has a few bars that are really fun to go to, um, and you know, I, I don't really, I haven't really spent a lot of time here. Um, if I'm being completely honest, um, it's not like Vegas or LA no. or Miami or New York. Um, but it does have it, its 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 scene that's special to here. So, what did you do after you won the Super Bowl? Where did you go? Where did I go? Okay, so after after we won the Super Bowl, we um, each team has has a party set up, and uh, so for us, it was back at our hotel in a room not not quite this size, but it was in like a couple ballrooms, and we had live performers. We had uh, country star Darius Rucker, we had Flo Rider, we had Pitbull, and then no. we had and then we had Rick Ross. What? Yeah. So that's, would they still come if you'd lost? Yes. So that's the what? that's the crazy thing. So my rookie year. Uh, we lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl. And so our party after that was nowhere near <laughs> the party after we won the Super Bowl. Still had, still had some really good performers. Um, I believe it was like uh, LMAO, LMFAO. Yeah. I remember Earth, Wind & Fire. What? And, yeah, and there was a couple others, but did the, anyone get going with September when you'd already lost? Yeah, was that it's not really? Tough. That's yeah. the thing. No, like it, it was the, the room was probably half full when we won. The room was was packed, um, so it's just a, two completely different vibes. Yeah, I can um, imagine. Yeah. So who was the? I mean, obviously you've got Gronkowski, you've got Julian Edelman, you've got some big personalities at that party. It was yeah. what was the most memorable moment for you? The most memorable moment was um, us standing on stage. It was like the whole team, coaches included, um, standing behind. Rick Ross as he as he was performing we were standing on stage with Rick Ross and it, it's a it's a miracle that I still remember this <laughs> <laughs> but I remember looking around and like I'm like had like an outer body experience I'm like can you believe that not only did you just win the Super Bowl but like you're here with your team and Rick Ross is performing and you're on stage and like it, it was like the pinnacle um yeah, it was it was unbelievable. That is incredible. What, yeah. I, mean, I can't believe I haven't heard that before. That is absolutely sensational. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so I wonder who's going to be playing for the teams this weekend because exactly. those are big names. Oh you yeah, know? you would think you would think that they wouldn't necessarily be able to get those, but I guess it's a big deal for Rick Ross as well. Exactly, to be able exactly. to stand up on that stage with you guys who've just gone out and won the Super Bowl. Like, if yeah. you're an artist, of course you're going to want to do that. Yeah. So what was it like going to what happened in the build-up? What were the two weeks like? in build up to it is it just intense preparation having someone like Bill Belichick as your coach yeah does Bill step it up a gear or is it the calm before the storm because you're so deep into the season yeah do you know what your job is and it's just about cementing that what is that two weeks like yeah so what we did was the first week is all about planning so everybody has to get you have to get your tickets situated you have to get your family's flight situated you have to get the hotel stay situated so what he said was the next day after we beat the Colts in the AFC Championship game, we come in and he's like, hey, you guys have five days 
to get everything situated. All right, we're going to go easy on practice. There, we installed a little bit, but not too much. It was mainly to rest up. But the biggest thing was to get everything, all the logistics situated. He goes, because after five days, we're locked in, and I don't want to hear anything about tickets. I don't want to hear anything about flights and my family, this, that, and the third. Get that all situated in these first five days so we can lock in and play. After that, once we got here to Arizona, it was just keeping the week as normal as possible. Like, th there's so much going on, right? There, it's so easy to get distracted. The best thing and the easiest way for me to comprehend everything was let's just look at this as a normal week. Let's prepare like a normal week. Let's forget about all the outside stuff going on. Um, I didn't want I, I barely even turned the TV on that week because I just was locked in and I just wanted to go. We just had to go in one more game. And that was my entire focus. So obviously I've seen now opening night, all the media availability from a media perspective. I've been a couple of times. I'm fascinated. How many times are you asked the same question? Uh, it's a lot. <laughs> just, it's, a, it's a lot. And once I stepped into the media space a couple of years ago, um, every, I mean, probably once a week I get asked about Tom Brady. Uh, <laughs> once a week I get asked about Bill Belichick. But it, but I don't mind it because my whole feelings and memories of being a part of that organization are nothing but great. Um, so it, it's nice to reminisce, and I, I really don't mind it at all. It was, uh, yeah, because I always just feel so bad. Because, I mean, like, obviously we went to, like, spoke to Ronald Jones. Like, how many times was Ronald Jones going to be asked about the difference between Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady? Obviously right. playing with the two. Yeah. What's the difference between these two different units? What's the difference between Gronkowski and Kelsey? And you can tell by that point he just has that. Do you just have a stock answer now that you can kind of go to? <laughs> Depending on the question, yeah, I have, I have a couple of stock answers that I go to. Um, you know, a lot of people ask me, like, was it Belichick or was it Brady? Yeah. Like, who was better? Uh, would and 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 the, the best and you say it's Vereen it, exactly. <laughs> no. But the best answer, because it's the honest answer, is I don't think either one of them would have been would be a, a future Hall of Famer without the other. Um, you know, it, it takes look like Tom said a couple of days ago on on his on his radio podcast. He said I I can't coach. Tom can't coach, and Bill Belichick can't play quarterback. It takes two, and, and they were a great combination. They were both extremely competitive, which is why, look, if you're with somebody for 20 years, eventually you're going to have disagreements, especially two strong personalities, two strong competitors. Eventually you're going to butt heads, but that's, that's how relationships work, and you work through it. Um, so it, I, and, and I don't think it was one or the other. I think it was two amazing people that were the best at their job coming together and winning a lot. And finally, before we move on to this year's Super Bowl, which, of course, you're covering for TalkSport. So I said it at the beginning, 11 receptions, 64 yeah. yards. Yeah. At what point did you realize that you were a focal point? You were one of the main players. You were probably in contention for the MVP for the Super Bowl. Yeah. What moment did that sink in? Honestly, if I'm being completely honest, not till after the game. Um, I was so – I was kind of in, like, a space where I – when we ran onto the field, when they announced the Patriots, we run onto the field, and I look around, and I just feel the energy in the stadium. I see all the fans, and it's an experience like I've never imagined before. But as soon as, as, soon as we received the kickoff, as soon as that first snap happened and I was on the field, um, I remember telling myself, run, because I was, like, stuck. And I was like, just <laughs> run. Go play football. And after that, I, I, I kind of – I'm not saying I – I like blacked out, but I was just, I was at the game and that's it. I was just on the field 
playing another football game, the same game that I started playing when I was seven years old. And I took everything out of it, kind of like a normal game. I, you, you, you kind of blank out the crowd, um, and you just, you just do your job, and you just play football, and you just have fun with your boys. And, and that's, and that's kind of where my mind went. So I, I realized that I was a part of the plan um, probably in, like, the third quarter. Um, because we were running so many of my personnel groups um, because we were trying to spread them out and, and get the one-on-one -on -one matchups. But to be honest, I didn't realize that I had that many receptions until I was interviewed after the game. So if you could speak to any of the Eagles players, mm -hmm. any of the Chiefs players this week, last week, what would be the one piece of advice that you would give them going into Sunday? I would, I would say make the, keep the main thing the main thing, meaning focus on the football game at hand win one more football game. All, all the accolades, all the, the parties, all the press and media will be there after the game. Just focus on the game itself. Don't let the moment get too big. Um, there, there, you have confidence in yourself. There's a reason why your team is here. There's a reason why your coaches and, and your teammates trust you and depend on you. And, and that's because you have worked your way into this position. You have done all the hard work in the offseason. You had gone through a gauntlet of a season, gauntlet of a playoffs. And now you're here at the, the most special, the biggest game of the year. Make sure that you take control of that game and, and handle it the way you want to. So do you think that obviously you're here now, Eight years ago, you came here, won the Super Bowl. What do you think is the biggest difference between the NFL now and what it was like when you were playing and obviously went into one wow. of the Super Bowl? That's a really good question. I don't think I realized how big each Sunday was. I don't think I realized how big and how massive the Super Bowl is. And I'm glad because I think I probably would it would have gotten to my head a little bit and I would it would have kind of messed me up. I, I as a player during the season I never really watched ESPN or Sports Center or any of the sports shows because um, they probably weren't going to tell me something that I already did that I already knew. Um, and so I, I I kind of blank blocked all that out. And so but because of that I never realized just how big the NFL was, how big each game and playoff games and Super Bowls were. Um, so now I'm starting to see it from the media side and all the attention and, and just how big and, and how much money is put into, into this event. Um, so that's probably the biggest difference is like just how big everything is. And how excited everyone is to be here. I mean, when I came for the first one, it was in Miami when you were there as well. Yeah. I mean, that was like a, like a, a bucket list thing. You know, it was yeah. so crazy for me to experience that as a 23-year-old as well in Miami on South Beach producing shows with Nat for um, ESPN at the time. It was incredible. And now you've got the Irish boys who've all come over here this year. They're all yeah. saying, like, this is crazy. People are just walking past <laughs> yeah. left, right, and center. Like, yeah. it's insane. J.J. Watts just walked straight past us. Like, it's yeah. an incredible experience. But I think that is a credit to you, the fact you didn't let it kind of get too much, the fact that you've stayed grounded. Because I feel like it's weird for me because when I first met you, was in Miami, and you were calling the game for us, and you were part of that sort of development pathway yeah. for the NFL yeah. to kind of go into the media. And you were quite serious to be completely honest with you. you were taking the job very seriously we had marlon favorite who's obviously a huge character just oh yeah. hello somebody every five <laughs> yeah, seconds yeah. <laughs> every five seconds and then you were quite serious and you did an amazing job we realized how natural of a broadcast you were and it's great obviously that you're doing it this year as well and you've done so much you've done the nfl draft you've done so much for uk radio now and then i kind of just realized probably what after we started texting a little bit more i started booking you on the nat coom show 
you are just a regular dude, realistically. Yeah. And that's what you kind of said at the end. Yeah. Like, you are yeah. just a really normal guy. Yeah. You've got the English sense of humor, which is quite rare for an American. <laughs> like, you like taking the piss. Yeah, absolutely. Usually, yeah, usually yeah, Americans yeah. are way too nice to each other for us, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, we just need to be mean to each other all the yeah. time. Yeah. It is incredible. But, yeah, it's, it's, I think that probably makes the most sense that when you were there, you were just like, I'm just a normal guy yeah. playing my, doing my job. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the game. Number one seed versus number one seed. The sheer brilliance and the star power of Patrick Mahomes, Reed, Kelsey, Chris Jones of the Chiefs versus the most talented and deep roster the NFL has. I think we can safely say that in the Philadelphia Eagles. It is the Super Bowl we deserve, isn't it? It is. These are the two best teams, in my opinion. Um, these are the two teams that were playing the best, the longest during the season, the most consistent teams, I would say, especially the Eagles. I do believe on paper and as a roster, the Eagles are the best team um, in this game and, and in the NFL as well. Um, but there's a reason why you have to play the game. Uh, there's a reason why that, you know, just having a good roster um, doesn't equate to wins every single Sunday. So I'm happy that it's these two teams. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm celebrating these two teams and, and happy of the, the seasons that they had, and they both deserve to be here. It's going to be interesting to see how this game plays out because these both of these teams are so dynamic, um, so strong, that this game can go so many different directions. It's not cut and dry. There's a reason why the spread is still only one and a half points. It's because it's, it's an evenly matched game, and nobody's really sure which facet of the game is going to take over. But honestly, we've sat here and spoken to, we've interviewed so many different people, Hall of Famers, Super Bowl winners. I'd honestly tell you here, 90% of the people here are picking the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. 90% of the people here, yet the spread is only one and a half points, as you said. Why do you think that is? I, I think because the Eagles are the most complete team. Um, there's less questions um, about the Eagles than there are about the Chiefs. Um, I mean, the Eagles, they play a physical style of football. Their defense is spectacular. Jalen Hurts has really come into his own. Um, and they have weapons. They can run the football. Um, they have A.J. Brown on the outside. Kenneth Gainwell's come out of nowhere offensively to, to create big plays. Um, and, and so they're just, the, they're just a more complete team, uh, which is why I think a lot of people are picking the Eagles. On the flip side, the experience and the coaching is all Chiefs. Andy Reid has been here multiple times before. Andy Reid has, uh, understands how to coach in games like this. I'm not so sure. We're going to find out on Sunday um, if Coach Sirianni knows um, how to handle this type of environment because um, it starts from the top down. Cynthia Freeland from the NFL Network is actually the only person who I've sat here, spoken to, who has told us she's picking the Chiefs. And yeah. she says it's because the Eagles haven't faced enough adversity. Their schedule has been too easy. Mm -hmm. And this game will be the exact opposite, so they won't be prepared to deal with that. Do you think that actually has a significant impact? Does a team need to experience adversity to achieve success? In that point, I, I think, to me, the Eagles haven't, this season specifically, haven't, come from, haven't had to come from behind. And that's, that's, that's the issue. When you have a team that likes to run the football in, in today's NFL, and if you go down two scores, now you're forced to pass the ball a little bit more. But the Eagles, rightfully so, they haven't put themselves in that situation, which is great. However, what do you do when you're in that situation? When, you have, when you're going against Patrick Mahomes, look, if the Chiefs jump out to a two-score lead, this is going to be a completely different ball game. And it can happen like that with Patrick Mahomes in that offense. Um, and so how do the Eagles, if you force Jalen Hurts to throw the ball 40 times, what does that look like? 
and we haven't we haven't had to see that this year. So if I'm the Chiefs, that's what I'm trying to do early in this game is put them behind 10 to 14 points, and let's see what you got now, now that you're down. Are you picking the Eagles then? I'm picking the Chiefs. You're picking the Chiefs? I'm really? The Chiefs. So you're I the am. second person here. I, yeah, I'm picking the Chiefs for a couple of reasons. Um, the main reason is when I was in the Super Bowl here, everybody was picking the Seattle Seahawks. Everybody was talking about the Seahawks defense and just how great the defense was. The number one defense in the league. This is the best defense we've seen since the 85 Bears, yada, yada, yada. We heard all of that. And we took that personal, very personal excuse my language <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting kind I'm of excited about it I play, man, that was great. <laughs> very we took it very personal and i'm like you know they were the legion of boom and all, I, was, I took that extremely personal and i was like that's that's cool like i'm happy for their success but what are they going to do with us now and that we had something to prove still even after the year that we had we clearly still had something to prove um, and we took and and so I think that changed our mindset. It, it helped us block out all of all everything everything that happens around Super Bowl. And it's like let's go beat the best let's go beat the best defense that the league has seen. Let's let's go show everybody who we really are. And it's actually crazy. Obviously, Tom Brady was further down his career, so it's Bill Belichick that had more success. But how similar those two narratives are when you look at this, because very you then have Andy Reid, you have Patrick Mahomes, who are going to be like, have we not done enough to <laughs> warrant people talking about us all week? Exactly. Is everyone going to talk about this record-breaking sack team yeah. who've been going up against, let's be honest, not great offensive lines, not great teams all yeah. season long. I genuinely today, speaking to you and speaking to Cynthia Freeland, I think I flipped. I think I might have flipped to the Chiefs because yeah. I was thinking Eagles all week because all of the analysts, you know, all the X and O's guys are really saying that they think the Eagles are just going to be too strong strong yeah. the youth on this defense for the Kansas City Chiefs is just too much it's going to be too inexperienced for them to handle this AJ yeah. Brown's too strong so is Devontae Smith but at the end of the day you do not need to give Patrick Mahomes extra motivation you do not <laughs> no. need to give Andy Reid <laughs> please don't extra motivation. No, yeah, yeah yeah you don't want to give anybody extra motivation during the week and that's why when I was with the Patriots and with the Giants as well but they're like don't give bulletin board material for the team it's already hard enough to win in this league so don't give your opponent any more reason to want to beat you that's what you stay quiet you just do your job and you go and you go perform on the field there's just been a lot of talk and i guarantee you the chiefs are hearing all of it ah oh, it's so exciting it's so yeah, exciting, it's so exciting. Yeah. i'm yeah. so excited for this game i have to say but let's quickly because thank you so much for taking the time to do the show and really appreciate it i know you're a busy man obviously being a super Bowl winner in Arizona, in Arizona now, you're getting yeah. dragged all over the place, going and doing all sorts of interviews, so I really appreciate it. Obviously, you are a Super Bowl, run, uh, Super Bowl winning running back. Let's focus on those two units quickly, because they're going to be critical in this matchup. And I think the thing that stands out to me is how deep both the running back rooms are. You've already mentioned yeah. Kenneth Gain Gainwell. They have Miles Sanders. They have the giant, killers, uh, the giant killer Boston Scott. Yes. And then the Chiefs have, and this is what I realized at opening night, we have Pacheco. McKinnon, yeah. Melvin Gordon, and Ronald Jones. Yeah. Melvin Gordon said something very funny, and I'm already going to bleep out what you said, so I might as well bleep <laughs> this out. We said to him, what's the difference between being in this locker room and other locker rooms you've been in? And he was like, well, I don't have to do anything. Exactly. But still, you can see these kind of players. They're talented enough to have an impact. Oh yeah. Everyone's talking about the Eagles run game, but do you think the Chiefs have the capability to run on this Eagles team? I do. With the emergence of Isaiah Pacheco and, and you know how he burst onto the scene as a rookie this year, um, it took a lot of people by surprise. Um, my biggest question for the Chiefs coming into this season wasn't if Patrick Mahomes was going to be able to make the offense go without Tyreek Hill. Is where, are they going to be able to run the ball? They haven't been able to. They, Chiefs haven't been able to run the ball successfully since that Super Bowl that they won 
in Miami in 2019. And so we're, are they going to be able to get some type of run game going? And Isaiah Pacheco was that answer. And now Jarek McKinnon coming on late um, in this season. I mean, he has nine total um, receiving touchdowns, eight in the last six weeks of the season. Yeah, it's crazy. And so that run was mad. Yeah, and so he's come onto the scene. There's a lot of confidence that both teams have in their backfield. And it's funny because the NFL is so pass-happy. But year in and year out, the teams in the Super Bowl can do one thing. That's run the football and use their running backs well. That's the matchups that are very tough for defenses to stop. And those are the matchups that both of these teams exploit um, at a tremendous level. Why do Gainwell, Boston Scott, and Miles Sanders work so well together, especially in the playoffs that we've seen? Yeah. Why do those as a trio, why are they so dynamic together? Well, because they're all different. And if you're a defense... You, you have to prepare for each back separately. If, it's, if you're going against the Tennessee Titans and it's Derrick Henry and you know you're playing Derrick Henry, the other back might come in, I don't know, 10, 10 to 12, 15 plays a game. You can just focus on Derrick Henry. When you have three dynamic backs like, like the Eagles do, like the Chiefs do, not only do you have to sub different players in defensively to, to garner that, but you have to prepare for them and what they do well and how they run. If there's one big back that runs downhill, there's a back that gets out of the backfield and, and is very shifty. There's another back that just has straight line speed. As a defense, you have to account for that and you have to prepare for that. And if you're able to switch it up and if running backs are able to get into rhythm, I always say the most dangerous person on the field is not a quarterback, but a running back in rhythm because it's extremely tough if he knows what you're going to do as a defense. I've been in this position. I know what you're going to do as a defense, so I'm going to get you to do that, and then I'm going to cut back. I'm going to set you up left, and then I'm going to go right. Or I'm going to set you up right, and I'm going to bounce it outside. Um, so if you can get those backs in rhythm and confident, it's a very tough offense to stop. Absolutely sen sensational, Shane. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the course, time to do this. Of course, of course, anytime. 11 p.m., Talk Sports Sunday. The coverage starts. You're going to watch on the TV, but put Shane on. Do you oh, know? yeah, Turn yeah. Turn off the yeah. TV commentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah my yeah. mom said she's going to. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Mama Marie is going to listen to Talk Sport. Is that the first time she's listened to Talk Sport? No, she listened to us uh, when we did the Miami game. Oh, uh, well. yeah, yeah. She? So she's going to listen. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely amazing. But thank you so much for doing this. Really, really appreciate it. Enjoy your round of golf tomorrow. Thank you. Hopefully, we'll have to play Saturday. It's either going to be that or five aside. We yeah. I'll be doing that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's play golf, let's play some football, and let's hopefully go to Rome for the Ryder Cup this year. That's Ooh, not a bad shout. I like that. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Thank you, Shane. <laughs> yes, sir. You could probably hear my voice going a little bit there in that chat, and it's also going a little bit in these links. It's been quite the week so far in Arizona here for me, but I've still got the Super Bowl to go. Luckily, I'm only producing it. Won't be on air because I think my voice might have completely gone by then. Yes, there was probably a little bit too much tequila at the media party, and that wouldn't have helped, but... We're making the most out of life out here in Arizona. And that's the what Shane Vereen would have wanted as well. A big fan of tequila himself, a big fan of golf himself. Thank you so much to him for doing that chat with me. Let's move straight on now to the sensational Sky Sports analyst and former Bills coach, Phoebe Schechter. Phoebe Schechter out here in Arizona. I won't lie to you. It's quite upsetting because last year at the Super Bowl, with Talk Sport, you were with us. I know. This year you're with Sky, but we also do feel very proud because now everyone all over the UK gets to appreciate how brilliant you are at what you do. But how much have you been enjoying it? It must be an incredible experience. Oh, my goodness. I know. I mean, I, I am, I've been slightly nostalgic thinking about our trip out to the Super Bowl last year in Los Angeles and how incredible that was. And that was my first ever Super Bowl, you know, my first year of calling games. And, and that was all 
such a big learning experience and you were such a big part of helping me to develop you know this role and to this year be with the sky sports team and you know seeing it from a slightly different side and and i mean gosh i just feel i just feel so lucky to be able to be here and be around so many great people and learn from so many great people and gosh i'm gonna be sidelined at the oh, super it's incredible <laughs> that is gonna be the best viewing experience and it's just gonna be one of those things where you can say like i'm it's pinch me that we're actually here it's incredible that we get to go to the super bowl but the fact that you're going to be sidelined you're going to be there for the celebrations when either the philadelphia eagles or the kansas city chiefs win it but it is what you deserve phoebe you work so hard you're so brilliant at what you do so all i can say is congratulations Aww. and you'll have an amazing time watch on sky sports of course listen to us on talk sport as well you know yes, that indeed. 11 p.m on sunday what a game it's going to be as well <gasps> oh we are you know what i was thinking about how exciting this matchup is i know we've kind of said a little bit we look back to last year and it was you know pretty much a, a bit of a quiet game until that fourth quarter but to have the eagles have the chiefs you know two of the top teams in the nfl that have been so competitive all season long with these off like these quarterbacks leading the offenses i mean this is just what a treat we have <laughs> i know it's going to be sensational so you must be doing a, i'm assuming you're doing a lot of prep going into the game obviously you've done you've covered these teams throughout their playoff journeys throughout the season so far what do you think you've learned the most about this philadelphia eagles team what's the thing that stands out to you the most everyone's talking about the offensive line is it the progression of jalen hurts is it that defensive line what stands out to you the most about this eagles team you know what? I love the Eagles mentality, right? You look at interviews that Jalen Hurts has done, and I was just listening to him the other day, too, talking about someone asked him about reflecting, and he's like, I'm not in a place where I'm about to reflect right now. I'm in the middle of it. I'm not even going to entertain that. And it's so much of who he is, and, and he brings that to the team. He was talking, doing a team talk, and he was saying, we know, what, we're, we know exactly what we need to do. We know what the standard is. And... We just got to get after it. We just need to one-up ourselves a little bit. But we've been doing it all season long. And you can see that. You can see the authenticity from Sirianni and the way he leads. And I love that these guys, they will have their foot down on that gas pedal. And they're going to keep running you over. And I think that might just be that physicality might just be one of the many differences that could be the result in the game on Sunday. Are you then picking the Philadelphia Eagles? Ooh. It sounds like you are <laughs> picking the Philadelphia Eagles. We're going early here, but We're I'm going to ask early. you. We, you know what? I, I am because a lot of it has to do with the run game and the depth. Mm. You've got the best O-line in the game. You have so many weapons from a running back perspective, right? You look at Boston Scott, Miles Sanders. You've got Gainwell. You've then got Jalen Hurts, and you're getting your O-line to the second level every time. Plus, then you look at your defense with Redick and those guys. I mean... Look, Mahomes is magic. The Chiefs are magic. Andy Reid is magic. But for me, I think it does come down to that complete package and the, the depth that the Eagles have. Let's talk a little bit about the Kansas City Chiefs because it's interesting that it feels like the Eagles, despite the bookies not necessarily making them heavy favorites, it does feel like the majority of people I've spoken to are picking the Philadelphia Eagles. Ooh. But obviously there is an avenue that the Kansas City Chiefs do win. That is Patrick Mahomes. That is the magic, as you said, of Andy Reid. But which players outside of, obviously the main focus is Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, Chris Jones, do you think are going to have to step it up to give the Chiefs a chance? 
I think getting Legarius Sneed is ma- back is massive. He's cleared concussion. Oh, excuse me, concussion protocol. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. He's cleared the protocol, which is going to be massive because of the run-pass option that the Eagles offer. And he plays that the nickel position, which is going to be so key. He is the read for the offense. So he's going to be massive. I think looking at the receiving core, making sure they're up to health, that's going to play a big part. And then switching back to defense, those linebackers are going to have to clean everything up, moving laterally, being able to really get down quickly. So I think those three defenders in particular, and then just hoping that offensively the injuries that have come across these past couple weeks are all at least in a better position where they're able to play. When you were in the Buffalo Bills camp, is it... Because obviously this defense is so young. There's so many rookies in this cornerback unit. And when you have that inexperience, when you have that youth in a team, do you almost have to pay extra attention to players like that? Do you always have to make sure that they're okay, especially with all the drama that's going on around this week, with all the attention, all the interviews? Would you have to pay a bit more attention to them to make sure they don't sort of get distracted or get off the beaten track? I think that's a really good question, and I I do think that you rely on your veteran players to kind of take those guys under their wings, you know, really make sure, and I know Andy Reid talked about it with Mahomes and Kelsey, just making sure that they're getting those guys, you know, letting them know what it's going to feel like, literally like you guys did with me, right? We come out to the Super Bowl, I had no idea what to expect, how to manage myself, how to do all this, and you guys are like, hey, this is what you do, this is how we behave, this is where you can kind of let loose a little bit, and now you have to be you know, really focused here. But I think the fact that they've, the focus is always there, the goal has always been the same, it's still, and, and keeping routine is a big part of that. Keeping your practice schedules, keeping everything that's inside the building together at the same time, that will be really key. But I think naturally, and, and I also think this year, that with getting more of the, the sports psychologists on staff, giving them tools to be able to utilize in these big moments is so key. And let's talk a little bit about Mahomes and Andy Reid because the focus is on the evolution of this offense. How incredible is it considering how experienced sort of Andy Reid is and sort of how far down the line he is that he can adapt the way that he has and adapt his offense the way that he has? You know, I, th- I think Andy Reid is so special because you look at a lot of older coaches and they don't really want to reinvent themselves. And something that he preaches is that you do have to, every single year, create this new identity. And he's not afraid to be creative, which is so cool, right? We get to enjoy it. The players get to enjoy it. I mean, you're week 17, week 18, and your guys are out there having fun, doing a little ring around the rosy sort of movement. So it's really exciting that he keeps it fresh for everybody. And it's just been a, a really fun event. What do you think about Arizona? I mean, it's bizarre. We were just walking around here just now, me and Tom Skulls, our social media editor for TalkSport, and we were like, it couldn't be any more different to LA last year, could it? So different. I thought even from the first day that we got here, how quiet it was, the streets of Arizona being quiet. Now, Radio Row is, is definitely getting busier, and it's a lot more hustle and bustle going on, but I think things feel much more spread out and vast, where you don't ever feel like you're on top of each other. And I mean, I don't know if you guys have been out to the desert to see we some haven't. of them. Ooh, you gotta go. That's really? like Arizona, what it's known for. Now don't touch touch the cactus. They... I've heard that everyone got ill. Or something like, did everyone get like rashes and all the sky cameramen I, I get can, rashes? I can confirm that our one of our producers didn't even touch a cactus. He brushed by it and it was a, one of the ones that are like a leaping <laughs> defensive cactus. And his hand swelled up, swelled up, wow. got all swollen. And he's like, I can't, I've got pins and needles. 
need help. Really? <laughs> You're laughing at him, which is painful. I'm so sorry. And that was the other one, was filming, literally doing our intro shot, filming. I'm telling you, I've never seen like a needle so big stood on it while he was filming. It went through his sneakers up into oh his toe. Oh my goodness. It is a wild world out here. I like the idea <laughs> I like the idea of the producer sort of jumping in the way of you if you go anywhere near a cactus, yeah. because obviously the talent as a producer myself, if Nat goes anywhere near any danger, I have to you leap in front. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'd have to take a bullet for him. Would, so to speak, would. and Will Gavin as well, of course. I have to protect all of you. I wasn't able to protect Ollie Wilson from himself last night at the Ooh, media party. He uh did have a little bit too much tequila. Luckily, I recorded my interview with him oh, yesterday good. because I don't know what state he was <laughs> I in. I thought you were going to say I recorded him last night. No. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he actually ended up throwing up in the sink. Oh, Not Ollie. the toilet. It was, uh, I know, your former radio husband. I know. He was my radio husband. Now I have to divorce him. When you, if you throw him <laughs> up in the sink, we're done. That's, that's the line. <laughs> Neil Reynolds would never do such a thing, he would, would he? never. He could be my, my TV husband as long as he wants. So how has it been with sort of J-Bell, Jeff? I mean, it must be incredible. Oh, my goodness. You know, it was, first off, getting to work with Jeff is brilliant because mm. he brings so much knowledge. I mean, you, you, he knows everybody and everything, and his memory is just puts mine to shame if I'm being completely truthful. Because um, <laughs> that is really saying something yeah. for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But for me, like, my relationship with Jason is awesome because we get to have these conversations you know when the tv is not on when the lights aren't on us we have these conversations in between and hey what do you see i see this how do you think this should come across he's always giving me advice he's been he's been brilliant he's been like one of my mentors throughout this whole thing and what better guy to learn from and you can see you know the chemistry that we all have i mean neil is an incredible host and i think i don't think I'm one of them, right? I did not give him enough credit for the amount of work that he does to really make that show as great as it is. And and again, we talk about reinventing ourselves. As Sky, we're constantly reinventing ourselves now because we need to make sure that we're matching what the people want. And we've had one of the highest recording viewer viewing ship whatever this year which is so much credit because I mean, of you Phoebe no, Schechter I, it's because of all the words I make up and uh, <laughs> the amount of snacks I share I always make up words <laughs> to be fair as well and I always make up phrases that's what I'm known for on the show is just making up phrases which actually Tony, Tony Romo stole one of my phrases Did he during the Bengals Bills game where I said because uh, my phrase is when the lights are bright the stars will shine Ooh. Nat always forgets it but that's one of my catchphrases basically whenever I'm, I'm gonna, gonna use it are you are you gonna use this Sunday? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if Travis Kelsey goes off I always say that the NFL it always seems to be the star players always seem to show up mm -hmm. when it matters like if you look at the Super Bowl last year who was it Cooper Cup Aaron Donald Matthew Stafford they were the ones who showed up and made the important plays so I do expect this week to probably be similar it's going to be the likes of Brandon Graham I'm sure Jason Kelsey's going to make mm -hmm. an incredible play Travis Kelsey's going to make an incredible play but it is all about those two quarterbacks Jalen Hurts finally just I mean what a story Oh, man. I mean, how many times were we sat in the booth at TalkSport and Ollie Wilson complaining? About Jalen Hurts. Yep. I'm so glad you said that. I didn't mention it when I spoke to him about it yesterday because I didn't want to throw oh, him under no. the bus. But I'm always throwing him under the yeah, bus. Yeah, good. He deserves it <laughs> Now that we're divorced, last night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, everyone, and, and there's no way, even if he will or won't admit it, Jalen Hurts, everyone said he couldn't throw the ball. I mean, now look at him. He is throwing the ball left, right, and center. The relationship he has with A.J. Brown, the fact they were, they were freshman college playing together, that makes a big difference. But 
he's incredible. I think also being a coach's son and the way that he's just grown up and seen the game differently, it slows down, right? That's what we're really looking for when you're later in life. But he's a young guy, 24 years old, and he's going to the Super Bowl. I mean, second year in, it's just incredible what he's achieved. And, and again, as a leader, and, and his fit in Philadelphia is so perfect. So perfect. And his composure mm. is sensational as well. He's spoken so well throughout this week. Obviously, his first experience of a Super Bowl, the excessive amount of interviews. I mean, they genuinely must be asked the same question over and over again. It's incredible. And also, we've been interviewing people all day, and you've, I just feel like, how many times have you been asked for your prediction? Mm-hmm. I mean, even me sitting here with you, how many times are you going to be asked your prediction to the Super Bowl? How many times are you going to be asked about Jalen Hurts? It's incredible, but he seems to be handling it so well. And he comes across so well. He said he's inherited the mentality of Kobe. He's inherited the mentality of MJ. And obviously, those are two great people to emulate. But you can see it because no one expected him to get to this level, similar to Josh Allen. No one expected him to get to that level. But it's a real credit to him for the fact that he has done that. But it's a real credit to you, Phoebe Schechter, for where you are because you work so hard. You're so brilliant. You're one of the <laughs> nicest people in the industry as well. There are some horrible people out there, but you are not. <laughs> we won't name and shame them. We won't name and them, yeah. We might throw Ollie Wilson under the bus again. <laughs> but yeah, congratulations, Phoebe. Thank you for taking the time Thank to you. sit here and chat. And yeah, good luck on Sunday. Thank you so much. You guys do. Big thanks to Phoebe. What a legend she is. Genuinely one of the nicest people here on Radio Row. And there are thousands of people, so that is saying something. But let's talk Eagles now with a man who gets to commentate on his own team at the Super Bowl. Ollie Wilson, but just a reminder, DraftKings has a $1 million contest for the Super Bowl. The winner gets $1 million. Yes, that's right. So new users who click on your link and deposit $5 will get a free entry into the contest. Check out FFS with Nat and Centrini as well to help pick your team. So get involved, but let's check it now with the brilliant Ollie Wilson. Oliver Wilson, brilliant broadcaster, commentator, various different sports, obviously, but NFL is your one true love, would you say? And your other one true love, of course, aligned with that, is the Philadelphia Eagles. How does it feel to be commentating on your team at the Super Bowl in Arizona this weekend? It's genuinely one of the most nerve-wracking things I can think of because the Super Bowl is the biggest event that I get to cover. It's my favorite part of my job, which is already an amazing job anyway, but covering the Super Bowl has always been an absolute dream getting to come to one. I thought it was going to eventually cost me like thousands of pounds to make it happen. So the fact that I'm lucky enough to be at not just a Super Bowl, but another Super Bowl to cover this game is awesome. But when you throw in that bit of fandom, I've loved the Eagles since like 2001. This has been my team. This isn't like a jumping on the last few years or something like that. I thick and thin of the kind of McNabb era, watching Andy Reid go out the door, seeing who was going to take over, what happened with Chip Kelly, the kind of Michael Vick, Macklin, uh, Deshaun Jackson kind of era, and then coming into this. You can't take that fandom out of you. You'll know as well as anybody in this build-up to the week there are little times when you want that fan to come out and be, oh, my God, it's Miles Sanders over there. Oh, I can't wait to talk to you. Oh, genius. But there's also the moments, because you're here in a professional capacity, that you have to rein it in. So I'm nervous about it as a fan to see the Eagles in the Super Bowl, which is amazing, but also I want them to win so much. The Chiefs have had their one recently. Let's have another one. It's been since 2017, so long since it. But also professionally, I need to make sure that I keep my call because I can't call this game as a fan on TalkSport. I have to call it like a journalist, like a broadcaster. 
and I've never had to deal with this sort of thing before of a team that I love so much. So I'm really nervous to make sure that I do play it right down the middle because the worst thing would be to let that fan come out during a broadcast because that's a discredit to the Kansas City Chiefs who are not only an amazing team and deserve to be here, but also like there'll be plenty who are listening on TalkSport that will want the Chiefs to win and it's not right to play it to one side. So it's it's genuinely yeah very nervous time this week. It's very interesting, isn't it? Because have you thought about in the same way that the players this week will be thinking about what will be going through their mind, what they'll do if you're a Philadelphia Eagle, say your Boston Scott, your Kenneth Gainwell, your Miles Sanders, your AJ Brown, your Jalen Hurts, and you get that opportunity to basically seal the win for the Philadelphia Eagles. Everyone imagines it, don't they? Three seconds left. Throw to the corner, AJ Brown scores the touchdown to win the Super Bowl. Are you thinking about it similarly? Are you lying awake at night now thinking, how am I going to call that moment and whether or not you're going to be able to keep your composure to be able to call it impartially? Or are you just so excited at the prospect that you haven't actually thought about that yet? I hadn't thought about that until you said it. <laughs> so thank you. Yeah, that's really useful. Am I going to be able to keep my call? I think, though, just from when you were saying that, more worrying is if it's the other way around, if it's Juju Smith-Schuster catching in the back of the end zone. Because whatever that moment is, if it's for the Eagles, it's a huge moment. And whether you're an Eagles fan or a, a neutral, as long as you're not on the Kansas City Chiefs broadcast, you'll want to go big on that moment. So as an Eagles fan, it will be easy for the emotion to come through a bit more and to go big on an A.J. Brown or Miles Sanders or Jalen Hurts getting a game-winning touchdown. The difference is... What if it's Pat Mahomes connecting with somebody? What if it's Isaiah Pacheco running one into the end zone to, to wrap up the game? And does then that fan come out and you treat that moment with a little more of a deflated attitude than it deserves compared to what it should be, which is the biggest moment of the game and the climax of the Super Bowl? That's more nerve-wracking to not go big enough when the moment deserves it because that little bit of Eagles fan in me is going, really? Oh, it didn't happen. We, I was so close to the ultimate dream. It didn't happen. Because I've, I've got to quit my job if, I, if the Eagles win. I have a, a long-standing agreement with my dad from way back in the first time I went to one of the International Series games at Wembley. And I said to him, Dad, one day all I want to do is be down in the press box down there. And then when TalkSport got me doing reporter shifts for those games, I said to my dad, oh my God, if I could just commentate on a Super Bowl... I would quit my job. And then when that happened in Atlanta, I, <laughs> I, I added the caveat of if I commentate on the Eagles in a Super Bowl and they win it, then I have to, I can quit my job. Nothing will ever get bigger. Not Calling a World Cup with England winning it wouldn't compare to me. Really? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I'm not going to make any friends here. I've grown so frustrated with the in England international team ever since I was a youngster. Obviously, the work under Gareth Southgate's been fantastic getting closer to playing consistent attractive football for large at large tournaments but because I was so frustrated through my younger years of watching just a team that didn't actually play great football and you talk about the frustrations with Lampard Gerrard Scholes trying to fit them all in etc and the letdown of the golden generation whereas I, I feel more connected and more emotion watching the Eagles than I do with any other team that I follow in sport so this is the biggest thing I could ever cover it's genuinely a one in such a tiny millionth billionth chance to be in this position as an English person as a broadcaster as an Eagles fans as an Eagles fan at a Super Bowl covering them 
the chances of that are so slim. I don't believe that I could be that lucky for it to happen. So if the Eagles win, I apparently I have to quit my job, according to my dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's an unbelievable situation to find yourself in. Obviously, I was here last year being a Cincinnati Bengals fan, and I felt very similarly privileged. It obviously didn't end well for me, and I hope it ends better for you. But that is a, a I hope. So are you just going to walk out if they win? Are you just going to? put down the headset, call the final moment, and then just be like, yep, that's it, I'm done, I'm retiring, and then, uh, what, I assume, gone the doll? <laughs> <laughs> that's it, yeah, no, I have to ask TalkSport if I can maybe get a producer job somewhere like that. <laughs> you know, your your climactic rise through the ranks at TalkSport means that there might be, you know, some coattails to follow <laughs> behind you, so I could do that. I can edit some audio, that's fine with me, that's all good. Let's talk about the game, though. Let's get into it, Ollie. Because you know, every time someone said, Will Gavin, obviously the host of the Super Bowl, we're going to be obviously bringing it to you live on TalkSport this weekend. Coverage starts at 11 p.m., 11.30 kickoff. Ollie Wilson commentating, calling play-by-play. Super Bowl winner Shane Vereen, who actually won the Super Bowl in Arizona, of course, playing for the New England Patriots. Will Gavin's in the hosting chair. He believes the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win. He's pretty confident about it. It feels like the majority believe the Eagles are going to win. Last night, you said to me when we were in the opening night and we were walking around and obviously the Eagles had all their players on the podiums, which are the star-studded players, and there's just a lot more talent on this roster compared to the Kansas City Chiefs. Although, of course, the Chiefs do have Mahomes, they do have Kelsey, they do have Andy Reid, but it seems like the fact that the Eagles are the favourites means you're not too confident about it. I'm not enjoying it because you put bulletin board fodder up Eagles are favourites. Everybody's saying it. Everybody's putting the early money on the Eagles. What do you think that's going to do in a Kansas City Chiefs locker room? Do you think they're just going to be like, oh, I guess they are the favourites, yeah. That's the kind of thing that people like like Frank Clark will look at and be like, right, we're coming for you, Jalen Hurts, and we're going to make sure that that shoulder isn't right from the word go. We're going to leave something a, a little late, just late enough that we maybe don't get a big call against us, but you feel it. So I don't like the idea of playing from a position of power. I think it's better to maybe be, even in an even two-horse race, just be that slight underdog to get the chip on the shoulder. We have so many stories in the NFL of players having that chip on the shoulder and rising through it. And teams getting comfortable. Kelsey talked about this. Jason Kelsey talked about this. Teams that feel comfortable and feel in a good position are teams that get slack. So I don't want people... And I'm sure, for sure, Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts, the way we've seen them as leaders of this team, will be ensuring Kelsey as well, obviously Lane Johnson, uh, that defense, I mean, Fletcher Cox, what an iconic person to have leading a D. I'm sure they're trying to make sure that this team doesn't feel comfortable in this position at the Super Bowl and they're ready to have whatever chip on their shoulder they need as well. But when everybody starts piling on, that's when I get a little bit nervous. And I want to reference something that Shane Vereen actually said to me about 12 months ago or so when we were talking about American football and the fine margins. Every single player is within like a few percent of each other in terms of what they can do athletically and productively on a football field. The difference is is coaching and the decisions that are made by coaches to bring the best out of the players. And those coaches at the Kansas City Chiefs right now are that extra level Mm -hmm. better than what Philadelphia had. I would take any coaching staff led by Andy Reid with Eric Bieniemy and Steve Spagnuolo 
I don't I don't know a better trio that you could have in the NFL right now, really. Maybe throw Belichick in instead of Andy Reid, but they're so close together in terms of the success that they've had. Obviously, Belichick's got more rings, but Reid has been to so many championship games, to the Super Bowl on numerous occasions. And Patrick Mahomes, I think, is still a better quarterback and probably going to be the MVP over Jalen Hurts this year. Those are the two places that I would replace for the Eagles with Chiefs players. And those are, those are the places that are potentially the big enough elements to win you a Super Bowl. Let's focus on the Chiefs now. This is absolutely sensational. I had to include this. Ben Solak, one of the wisest minds in football, works for the ringer, writes for the ringer. He broke down this Chiefs offense for us and it is sensational. There's not a offensive metric in the league that we use like a catch-all epa success rate dvoa that the chiefs do not lead in so no tyree kill but no problem right this is as scary of an offense as you're going to find and that was a a choice uh albert breer sports illustrated wrote a really really cool piece i thought this morning i was reading through it about the Mahomes contract and how they kind of spaced out the timing and they knew it meant eventually they might have to move on from big money guys they just didn't know who it would be and when it would be and then negotiations with Tyreek Hill weren't great, and the entire front office kind of looked at one another and said, are we ready for this? Can we do this? And we we kind of have to. We have to be able to move forward into an era in which Mahomes is a mega contract player with tons of money on his deal, and we can still win. And so they move on from Hill, and concurrent with that move, that, that financial decision, that cap casualty, was the Chiefs last season experiencing defense like no quarterback has experienced defense before. Teams just didn't blitz Mahomes. Did not blitz him. Drop seven, rush four. Drop eight, rush three. Nothing else but that. They said, we we do not like this guy. We don't like dealing with him. We're going to put as many dudes in coverage as we can, and we're just going to try to suffocate space. Make him play a style of ball that he doesn't like to play. Throw underneath. Throw fast underneath. Yards after the catch. Don't run around. Don't screw around trying to find Travis Kelsey 40 yards down the field. You have to throw it to Jerick McKinnon right now, and Jerick McKinnon has to beat us, not you. And that blows. When you're as good as Mahomes, that sucks, and you don't want to play that way. It's boring. It's not as fun. Let's move straight now to a Super Bowl winning receiver who has one of the greatest moments in championship history. Amazing that we got the opportunity to chat to him. Fascinating stuff. Doing some great work now. Go check out his podcast. Here is David Tyree talking about that incredible helmet catch. Yeah, 76, Max Union-wide sale. You know, Max protection. And uh, I got a post on the outside. Steve Smith's deep, deep out. Great call. We got 42 coverage. Ford at my side which means we might have a shot on the post if they actually, you know, bite down on Steve Smith, got some in-breaking routes on the backside with our stud veterans with Plaxico and Imani. And none of that really matters because the offensive line olays everybody and, you know, whole, you know, and it sets it up for backyard football. And it's just instinctual at that moment, you know, chariots of fire, all kind of good moments going to slow motion, high point the football and make a play. I'm a guy who was a special teams player. I knew my role. I didn't wasn't expecting – a host of opportunities, but Eli gave me a chance. He became Vanilla Blick, Vanilla Vic. I became the black guy who couldn't jump, you know, and, <laughs> and, and we got two miracles in one play, and, and we obviously – it sets the stage for, for a great play by Plexico. When did you realize how special what you'd just done was? When was that moment where it's really sunk in that you're going to be talking about this for the rest of your life? I, I, it, it actually took a little while, man, because – you know, it was kind of like I didn't know it was on my helmet. Then eventually, the next, the, the when I get back to the hotel, I see it. I was like, "Ooh, that was pretty impressive." You know, it was the first time <laughs> I was impressed with my own work. You so, know, sorry, can I just ask what time it was when you got back to the hotel? Oh man, like I, I it was all a blur. It was like you know, <laughs> was it, the sun up? 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? I got I got some rest. Like I don't party as hard as the rest of the dudes. I did my partying before 24. I think I did enough <laughs> for, for everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it was just enjoying the vibes, and then I I just get I'm like wow. I saw a replay and I'm like, okay. And then I knew something was up when they asked me to do some media in the morning. I was like, y'all couldn't wait till I got back to New York. Um, I just knew, I was like, okay, because I never had that. And um, yeah, and then it was just kind of like, okay, Ellen, Jimmy Kimmel, and you just enjoying the ride. And I think that's really what it's been for me. But you, you know, on the field, I was never able to build off of that. So I was also very content. Like I wasn't like trying to be a superstar. I was just trying to steward whatever I got. And so, yeah, I just enjoy the ride, man. Um, it's great to be, you know, pop back up on the scene, talk ball, talk life, talk life after football because life continues to move on, and it's great to have a, a moment that you can latch on to. So quite a random collection of interviews there, but that is the experience of being in the Super Bowl, of being at Radio Row. It's hectic. You never know who you're going to speak to, who you're going to bump into. It's been a lot of fun, and I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast i'm sorry nat's not on it i know i'm not the same i know my voice sounds ridiculous at this point and it's getting worse and worse but i just want to say a big thank you for listening hope you enjoyed it get in touch let me know what you thought of the show reminder to check out edge rush with nat and i that will be released shortly very very soon and of course the brilliant colson breakdown where you get all of the insight into the game and how it's going to unfold it's going to be sensational super Bowl 57 i can't wait to watch it speak to you guys very soon Podcast Network.